Good evening, people of God. As we begin this uh, most holy of weeks, we kind of kick it off with this night that we call Maundy Thursday, a time where it really falls under three different acts or three different parts, uh, where we will experience each of them tonight, either through the reading of Scripture uh, as well as a drama for you as well. Um, the first is the foot washing, when Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples. Following the foot washing, we have a time where Jesus shares his last supper with his disciples. So we, we celebrate communion. Then uh, the story continues then beyond those times into the Garden of Gethsemane with three of his disciples. And we hear that reading as well tonight, as well as have an opportunity for you to share your prayers. So my prayer for you is that you are able to just kind of let everything else go tonight. And whatever, however your day went today, just to let it be and to use this time to really just be present and to hear this story as if you're hearing it for the first time again. Other quick announcements. Tomorrow, our, our story continues with Good Friday. Again, we have service at 7 o'clock. Uh, Saturday morning, we do have the Easter egg hunt at 10 o'clock from 10 to noon, which uh, we're very excited about. So we invite you to come back and join us for that. And of course, Easter is on Sunday, and so we have our regular services of 9.30 and 11, and no service that Monday night. Apparently, I get a day off. It's shocking. So, uh, with that, we just take a few moments, collect our thoughts, maybe just breathe a little bit, and allow some space to enter into our minds and our hearts. Let us pray. Holy God, source of all love, on the night of his betrayal, Jesus gave us a new commandment to love one another as he loves us. Write this commandment in our hearts and give us the will to serve others as he was the servant of all, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And all of God's people say, Amen. Our first reading is John 13, verses 1 through 15. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from the world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot to betray him. And during the supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things to his, into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured the water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, 
One who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Here ends the reading. Let us pray together the prayer that is on the screen. God of dirty hands and tired feet, taking people as they come, kneeling and healing, touching where others turn away, forgive us when we want to be too clean. Forgive us when we despise life for the messy business it is. If we are too proud to own up to our brokenness, if we keep hidden what needs refreshment, how can you care for us? Give us the courage and the strength this night to admit our failings and acknowledge the places in our lives that need to be washed clean by your loving hands. Help us to move from distance to involvement from intent to touch, from watching to action, from being loved to loving others. Thanks be to God. Amen. Our service continues with a time of drama. I stood beside him. I anointed him. I gave up everything for him. And on that day, the last day, I sat with him, never knowing it would be the last time. You know, I guess you could say that I was probably not the most popular man in Capernaum. You see, tax collectors really never are. But at that time, at that time, popularity was not my concern. What I wanted was money. And the Roman government was very good at helping tax collectors like me fill our purses. We just needed to charge a little extra here take a little extra there. You see, because after Rome got theirs, everything else was mine and went right into my pocket. But then, then came that day that that Jesus came to my booth. I'd been collecting taxes all morning and Jesus came, he stood in line and he came and, and, and he looked at me Looked through me 
and said, Matthew, follow me. And it was like, it, it was like there was a, a, a light or, I don't know, a truth. The truth that all of this gold and all these treasures of this earth meant absolutely nothing compared with the treasures of heaven. And so at that moment, right there, I gave up everything. And I started this new life with Jesus. My brother Andrew introduced me to him. I was out doing what I did best. My calling, I guess you could say. Casting my net out in the ocean and bringing in the haul of fish. I was securing my boat after a very unproductive day of fishing. When Andrew came running up. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. I wanted nothing to do with it. I simply wanted to go home and eat the meal my wife had prepared for me. But he was insistent. And yes, I was intrigued when I heard Jesus speak. But the next day, in a boat with my brother in the Sea of Galilee, Jesus asked us, to follow him. And I knew then and there what my true calling was. I'm made of more than money. I am where I'm supposed to be. I am a fisher of men. I am, I am a, a disciple of Jesus. Jesus. He got so mad at me. Judas, not Jesus. While well, Lazarus was sitting and talking with the disciples, I decided I should creep back into my room, grab the aromatic oil that I bought. True, it was with all the money I had saved, but it was if it was a way I could glorify the Lord, then so be it. I grabbed the oil, knelt before Jesus, and I washed his feet and dried him with my hair. Judas was upset with me, as he said that I should have sold it to the poor. But Jesus defended me again and told Judas that we will always have the poor, and not only in not knowing having it was him. Let it I know that it would be soon. Put yourself in my sandals. There I was in the upper room, preparing to celebrate Passover, and Jesus is kneeling at my feet. My feet. That was no place for my Lord. I should have been the one washing, kneeling at his feet, washing his feet. But he insisted. He knelt in front of me, his outer garments off, a towel wrapped around his waist. And he took my foot and poured water over it, washed the dirt off, and said that if he didn't wash me, I would have no share with him. I know now he wasn't just talking about my feet. 
It wasn't your typical Passover meal. I mean, it was, in a way, we ate and we drank and we talked and we teased. But, but there, was, there was something else. There was something in the air. I don't know. It was unsettling. Uh, I don't know. Foreboding. And then Jesus, uh, Jesus took the bread and he said, This is my body. Your body? How can a piece of bread be the body of our Lord? And then, and then he took the cup. And he said, my blood, the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sin. I, I just didn't understand. What, what did he want from me? What did he want from me? He talks so much during the Passover about what has to come. Betrayal. Denial. Death. But it was all there, wasn't it? He was doing everything he could to let us know. It was, it was time. time. He'd be gone in a few days, and he knew it. All that week during the celebration. And in the quiet moments. He instructed us on what must be done. He taught us how to spread his word. He guided us on how to live. So when he was no longer with us. We would never forget. Forget. To cherish the ones we hold dear. To humble ourselves in the service of others. To remember him when we eat and drink. The body and the blood. Because to care for one another is to glorify the God. I see it now. I'm listening. I finally understand. So that in all that I do. In all that I say. He will be forevermore be. Honored. honored. Sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As I shared earlier, today is known as Maundy Thursday. The name Maundy comes from the Latin mandatum. Everyone say mandatum. There you go. You spoke Latin tonight. Good for you, right? Mandatum. The word meaning Command. The night Jesus required of his disciples, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, so you need to love others. Jesus says these words during his final meal with his disciples, as I will read from the book of Matthew in just a little bit. A meal, was ce- a meal we celebrate both tonight and most every time we gather to experience worship. But in John's version tonight, even though there is a Last Supper, Jesus does something more at the start of that meal than just giving a meal to remember Him by. Jesus washes the feet of His disciples. 
in an unusual display of service and in servitude and then commands them to do the same thing, to never think of themselves above others, to never choose judgment over love. Jesus gives them a mission, uh, a, a way of life to continue even after he'll be taken from them. The mandatum is to care and serve others. And it wasn't enough for him just to tell them. He wanted to show them. He did it first by getting on his hands and his knees and washing their feet. He does it next by his willingness to go all the way to the cross for us. That's his command. To love that much. Which I'm thinking raises an interesting question for us tonight. I mean, can you, can you really command someone to love? Can you make and force someone to love someone else? Isn't love beyond commands or, or discipline or the human will or even logic? Well, not according to Jesus. For when he commands his disciples to love one another, the key word is love. Which our English language does a massive disservice. I mean, in the same word that we say we love chocolate, we say we love our spouse. What? The Greeks at least have it a little better. They split it up into multiple ways you can love one another. If, if it's an eros kind of love, everyone say eros. Eros is the kind of passionate love you have for a spouse. Or maybe filio. Everyone say filio. Filio is the love that you might have for a friend or a brother or a family member. But tonight, Jesus commands his disciples to a different kind of love than those. John chooses to use the Greek word agape. Everyone say agape. Agape is a different kind of love. It's a self-sacrificing love. It's the kind of love that a parent might have for their child. It's a love that knows no boundaries. A love that has a never-ending welcome. So Jesus commands his disciples, both then and now, to act in agape. To care and serve for each other, just as he had done for them. I believe Jesus would argue that you can command this kind of love from his disciples because it's about behavior and not about emotion. It's more than just an invitation, more than just asking if we feel up to it. Jesus commands it. It's a mandatum. We are to love one another, both the easy to love and the not so easy to love. Not because they're nice to you or because they've deserved it, but because that's who you are called to be. Which is why we come together tonight to remember Jesus' sacrificial love for you, for each and every one of you, regardless if you've been naughty or nice, regardless if you feel completely lovable or you feel completely unworthy of love, regardless of anything you have ever said, anything that you have ever done, tonight Jesus says, I love you so much that I'm willing to go through all of the pain this world can throw at me, even death on a cross, so that you might have life 
and know just how much I love you. That's what the foot washing was all about. That's what Holy Communion is all about. That's what Good Friday tomorrow night is all about. It's Jesus saying, I love you. And tonight, He gives us all that very same mandatum, the same one He gave to His disciples, He now says to you and to me. That same purpose, that same command. Since I have loved you, spend your life loving others. Not the eros or the filio kind, but the agape kind. Not because they deserve it, but because I'm calling you to do it. Is that easy to do? Very rarely. Which is why Jesus went to the cross for it. May the promise of Jesus' love for you motivate you to see God in everything and in everyone tonight, tomorrow, for the rest of Holy Week and beyond and inspire you to want to live into and be fulfilled and fulfill that, that mandatum that is given to you tonight that you are to love one another as Jesus has loved us. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these words tonight, for the invitation and command that we not only be loved, but that we show others what love really looks like, that it's not skin deep, that it's not if we feel up to it, that it's not if the other person deserves it or not. The invitation is to love like you love a love that sees way deeper than anything someone has said or done, than any way somebody looks or talks. The invitation to see you in each other. Give us your spirit tonight to not only hear that, but to see it and then to live it. We ask all this in your holy and precious name and all of God's people say, Amen. They gathered in an upper room to share a meal. And the names of the disciples were these. Simon, called Peter, his brother Andrew, the sons of Zebedee, James, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Patriot, and Judas Iscariot. Our words for Holy Communion tonight are taken directly from the book of Matthew, the 26th chapter, starting in the 26th verse. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, He broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then He took a cup, and after giving thanks, He gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. I tell you, I will never again drink of this fruit of this vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. At this time, I invite you to take out your communion kits or to take out any bread or wine or juice you may have at home as we prepare ourselves to receive the gifts 
of Jesus' body and blood tonight. This is the body of Christ given for you. Thanks. Amen. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. Let us pray together the prayer on the screen. God of hungry hearts and thirsty spirits, feeding and giving, providing where others turn away. Forgive us when we forget how much you give us. Forgive us when we turn away from the hunger of others. If we are too proud to own up to our brokenness, if we keep hiding what needs refreshment, how can you care for us? Give us the courage and the strength to admit how we have tried to fill our souls with things other than you, things that leave us empty, things that leave us wanting. Lead us tonight from scarcity to abundance, from intent to action. Feed our spirits with the bread of heaven. Nourish and provide beyond our expectations. Thanks be to God. Amen. Our final reading is Matthew 26, verses 36 through 46. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and agitated. Then he said to them, I am deeply grieved even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little farther, he threw himself onto the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again he went away for the second time and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Here ends the reading.
Once again, let us pray the prayer on the screen. God of our joys and sorrows, listening and responding, hearing us when others turn away, forgive us when we forget to turn to you. Forgive us when we keep our concerns and needs to ourselves. Teach us to cast our cares upon you. As you once taught your disciples, teach us to pray the prayer that you've given us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Just as Jesus took time to pray in the garden for his journey to come and for all he was doing it for, tonight we too are going to be lifting up our lives and our loved ones in prayer this evening. As you entered worship, you received a small piece of paper and a pen or a pencil. I invite you to take those out at this time. And if you're joining us from home, you can type into the chat if you uh, would, would like to do that. I want you to write down just a name or that thing that's on your heart tonight. Maybe a couple of names if you've got a lot on your heart. And after spending a time in prayer, not just writing them down, but offering them to God, asking for God to be in and through and all around those people or that situation. I'm going to invite you to come forward and place it in this basket at the foot of the cross. This is more than just a prayer. Tonight, this is an offering of your heart.
And now finally we move from the Last Supper of Maundy Thursday into the experience that is Good Friday. That fateful day when Jesus Christ was sentenced to death and hung on a cross to die. We end tonight with the stripping of the altar, which is an ancient custom of the church. It is symbolic of the humiliation of Jesus at the hands of the soldiers. After the Last Supper, less than 24 hours remained in the earthly life of our Lord. Events moved rapidly. His prayer in Gethsemane, the betrayal by Judas, the arrest, the mock trial, the painful beating, the trudge to Golgotha, and finally the execution. As his life was stripped from him, so we strip our altar of the signs of life to symbolize his purposeful redemptive suffering and death for us. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will have the light of life and will never walk in darkness. The events of this night nearly 2,000 years ago snuffed out the human life of Jesus, the light of the world. Even as creation was dark when he suffered, so we extinguish our candles and remove them from our presence. The Missile Stand holds our worship book that guides our worship life together as we sing praises to God. As Jesus suffers, joyous songs are not heard. As these sounds of joy are removed from our lips, we so remove the Missile Stand. Jesus' offered body and His shed blood have been given to us in, with, and under the form of bread and wine in this holy mystery. As He was removed from us in the grave, so we remove the elements and vessels of this holy sacrament. Our altar is in the form of a table. It is here where our Lord Jesus serves us as both host and meal at His banquet feast. The coverings and pyramids are made with fine linen, material appropriate for feasting with the King. As our King's body was stripped in crucifixion, so our altar is stripped of its coverings.
Tonight, only the Christ candle remains, reminding us of the night to follow that Jesus faced alone. Now enter the crown of thorns to complete the humiliation Christ endured for us, for you. All of this for the love for you. We depart in silence and in peace.